Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. So glad you're with us wherever you are. If you're joining us on television here in locally in Santa Barbara, California, we welcome you at TVSB and uh, so grateful for you. And so many of you are joining us from around the world at goodlifetelevision.org and the podcast, which is Good Life Conversations. So any of the podcast platforms, if you want to listen on the go, you can tune into the podcast there. And we see that a lot of you are, which we're grateful for that. And all the typical social media platforms you can find us and also the youtube channel which we've kind of over the last few over the last year really we've consolidated to try to get um i think pretty much every long form interview is there now and then they break them up into what are called power clips so there, there's just some great stuff there there's great people all walks of life we've had just just about everything over the last four years for you know and been Business leaders, uh, public servants, authors, actors, writers, coaches, athletes, uh, overcomers, entrepreneurs. its It's been such an amazing thing um, that has developed here. And so we're just grateful to have you along for the journey. I have an actress, author, speaker with me today. Uh, Allison Robertson is with me. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so pleased to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was great this weekend, kind of being able to read about you, just your your kind of where how you started off in in all of this stuff, and then coming to Los Angeles, and then you know you were she, she's done a lot of TV and from Dawson's Creek and uh, The Sixth Sense to The West Wing and others. There's a whole uh, list here, but <laughs> but we but and, and then the interesting thing to me was kind of how you transitioned into this world of coaching and speaking and really helping people in that way. Tell us what brought that kind of how that happened. I think, I think I've always been drawn to helping people and I'm a, I'm an only child and I think I'm an only child who always wanted to be, have a big family, right? Um, growing up in New Jersey, <clears throat> I grew up in a multi-generational household. My grandmother was with me, my mom and dad. But I think I'm going to date myself. I think I was always uh, um, enthralled by the Waltons <laughs> and that big family. <laughs> um, and throughout my life, I was always a collector of people. My grandmother always said, you don't collect things, you collect people. Mm. And, um, and that sort of always carried with me and it sort of drew me into acting um, because I could be around so many different people. But then when I had my daughters, uh, that's when I realized like, that I wanted something more out of life. And, and that was sort of what's the reflection that came back to me was how could I give back more into the world? And um, also I wanted something more stable and something that I could show them. And that's sort of how that coaching part of me came out, right? How could I help people? Um, I had someone reflect it back to me that, you know, you know, you help people all the time. So, and once that spark really turned into a blaze is um, about 15 years ago is when it happened. And once it started, that path just kept growing. I mean, I went and got certified as a life coach, a solution focus coach, a transformational coach, you name it. I was just hungry for information and knowledge. And then it grew into becoming an author and a speaker. So the path sort of just kept um, evolving for me and opening up for me. For That's sure. So great. That's so great. Yeah. Before we get into that in the book, in the book, uh, what was the experience like for you of when you first got to LA and you kind of, I know you, I think you'd already landed 
or we're doing Dawson's Creek or something maybe before mm-hmm. that, but, but, but talk about kind of your experience kind of landing in Los Angeles amongst this, you know, probably was somewhat of a different world. Yeah. I mean, I came from the East coast, so I already had quite an edge to me and I had my training behind me, but coming to Los Angeles was a completely different animal because first of all, I came here when I was 30. So when I showed up, I was told I was old. So um, that was a, a very rude awakening because that's not something we experience on the East coast as much as a performer, as a creative, right? You, you're sort of on there on your merit, on your talent. And I, I wasn't aware of this thing in LA, which is, you know, um, how you look or age, right? And so when right, the age right, thing right. started for me, I was like, this is, that was really hard for me because I came from, you know, the, the New York theater scene where I was like, oh, okay, wh- what do you mean my, I'm too old? <laughs> I just right. turned 30. <laughs> so that was sort of hard for me at first, but my tenacity and um, my belief in myself. And I think that's what sort of sparked me wanting to show that to other people, right? But first coming to LA and pounding that pavement and realizing there's so much opportunity here. There's so much opportunity. Let, don't let me dismay it dissuade or dismay anybody from going after their dreams. But, you know, I just was always course correcting and saying like, wait a minute. And the first thing I learned coming here was stop saying, but we don't do that on the East coast or we don't do that in New York. It's different, (laughs) right? It's like, you know, when in Rome, you know, right. Right. So that was the first thing that I have like, okay, so how does it work here? How does it work? And also not to lose myself, you know, to, to realize what was great about what I do. Right. And so again, we just mentioned it, but Allison is a certified professional coach creating her own firm in 2010. She's a columnist and an author. And the the book is entitled Enoughness, The Simple Truth to Embracing You. What are people going to discover when they open this book? Um, It's palatable. They're going to find themselves. They're going to be able to hear their own voice um, in the sense that if there's something calling into you, calling inside of you, that little voice that says, hey, maybe I want to be an artist or maybe I want to start that Airbnb or maybe I want to take that vacation, that little voice that maybe you've never paid attention to. I hope my book will allow you to take that moment to hear it and then grow and expand on it. And all of a sudden it's in front of you and you're walking into that world, that life, that journey. That's what I'm hoping. So good. Yeah. What is, you know, talk a little bit about that, you know, because I think a lot of times people get that they they feel something or they, they think something Mm -hmm. and then it, it's it's gone it's crushed the the dream is dashed the, that was a stupid idea that that's not possible like i think we can talk ourselves out of it seems like all kinds of things yeah. but i think probably really rarely do we find ourselves talking ourselves into something like yes i can do that you know talk about that kind of that that transition or that what can how do we change that yeah, it's a tough, that's, that's the self-talk, right? And that's, that's, there's a whole section on my book about that. And, you know, we hear, you know, affirmations and, and, and how do we get from point A to point B? And why do some coaches work? And why do some diets work? And why do some things work for some people and not for others, right? Um, 
is it a secret sauce? Are they stronger? Are they more disciplined? What is it, right? Uh, in some cases, some people say it's discipline. In some cases, some people say they're smarter. No, <laughs> it's how they talk to themselves, right? It comes down to absolute self-belief. So someone out there listening or watching us might say, okay, great. How do I get that self-belief, right? It's actually, a, it's scientific in some ways, right? It's the reticulating activating system. There's the, your brain and your spinal column. And at the base in between those two things is this little thing called the reticulating activating system, right? It's the thing that filters everything that comes into us, like all the stimulus we have coming in, thousands and thousands and thousands of things. How do we know what to pay attention to? Reticulating activating system. We tell it what to look for in our world. So when we tell it what to look for, then it goes out and scans the world and brings the information to us. So if we tell it that we're bad with money or we're not good people, or we're never gonna get our dreams, well, the reticulating activating system, the RAS, does not know positive or negative. It just knows what we tell it to go get. So it'll go search out whatever you just told it. An example is, why do you hear your name in a crowd of thousands? Because the reticulating activating system knows to hear our name or a mom hears mom and turns around. Or that you buy a car that's red that you've been looking for and searching for and going from car dealer to car dealer. You get on the highway and you see that red car and you see that red car and you see that red car and you think to yourself, did I just make the worst purchase ever? No, you've been feeding the reticulating activating system for weeks or months or days, so it's finding it. So if you can take that theories that I just gave you that are not as sensitive or, or, or dear to you and think, okay, if I tell myself every day or I tell myself I'm great with money or I tell myself I can lose whatever I want or get stronger or I can tell myself I can go from point A to point B and I feed that system in my own self and change my self-belief, guess what? I can tell you what's gonna happen. You're absolutely gonna get it because your brain will then function and find all those things for you, right? It's, it's scientific. And there's a beautiful doctor that I've studied and his name's Dr. Shad Helmstetter. And he is the authority and he's one of my favorite authors ever on um, self-talk and he wrote the book what to say when you talk to yourself. And he explains it much more beautifully and much more scientifically than I did, but it, it's one of my favorite, favorite things. And forget coaches, forget gurus, forget everything. That's, that's the key to everything as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Yeah. So the, 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 the thoughts that we're having, how we're talking to ourselves, you're saying the power of that even just like in the in the context of the way the brain works yes it's it's wired that way um there's a there's a beautiful youtube video um uh called the backwards bike um it's about 20 minutes long and it's called smarter every day um i can't think of the gentleman's name right now because i'm over 50 <laughs> <laughs> um but it's the backwards bike and he takes a bike and he takes a bunch of uh, uh, scientists and they're engineers and they take a bike and they reverse engineer it. So when they turn it left, it goes right. And when they turn it right, it goes left. And they take it all around the world and try to get people to ride it. 
and nobody can do it because the brain cannot, cannot <laughs> get it. it. They cannot get it. So he takes, takes the gentleman that does it about nine months for his brain to rewire on how to ride a bike. It takes his son about seven days, <laughs> right? Because his brain is more malleable. Right. So, and he explains it so perfectly how yeah. long it takes us to break a habit and why, you know? So if we can see, think of it that way, then our dreams are that much more obtainable when we see, oh, it is in my control. It isn't just you're lucky or I'm lucky or you got this because the stars shine down on you. Yes, yes, right? right? Preparation, hard work right. meets opportunity. That's luck, right? right? right. That's luck. Right. So, and so I just wish everyone, I wish everyone knew that because it's not that it's easy. It's not that it's easy, because it's not. But is it yeah. worth it? 100%. Well, and I think especially in a world where the it seems like oftentimes the voices that are screaming at you are that you're not enough. You, you don't have what it takes. You're not pretty enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart. Like, you know, or there's, the, you know, I think that we're, it's a little bit counterculture in terms of this is a discipline. I mean, I, I, I and again, you just said it. It's not easy. I mean, but, but like all disciplines, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Right. I mean, to say, yeah. you know, I think that's so true. Because it goes against what, what mainstream education teaches. It goes against really parenting, you know, what's the first thing we teach a baby? No, no, don't, don't touch. Don't. Right. It's right. the first thing we teach them, right. which is, I mean, I don't know how to not do that. Right. But it's, it's an unfortunate way we start the way of thinking. Yeah. Well, in fear, I think it's the most powerful force, you know, for negative, for, for bad, for ill in, in the world. I mean, fear is just everywhere. Mm -hmm. and, and, so, and, and if you're, you know, fear of taking risk, fear of stepping out, fear of not being like everybody else, fear of criticism, fear of rejection, fear, you know, whatever it might be that, that, uh, and, and, and you're right. I mean, the, the mind, you know, is just this powerful, powerful, powerful computer. Plane. It's the most yeah. powerful computer in the world, right? Right. It's the most powerful thing we have. And, and people really think it's just about being smart. Right. But how to think you're really talking about, I mean, some of it's what to think, but some of it's how to think some of it's just to say, I'm going to retrain myself. And, and it's the little things, right? And it's not easy. Cause you know, I have a girlfriend that always says just, you're the cork, you're the cork, be the cork floating in the ocean, right? Right. Let it just be on the wave, be on the wave. And you know, when you're under it, you know when you're. Oh, I got so excited. I need my camera. Go on. <laughs> um, you know, you know when you're under the tide, right? You know that feeling. You also know when you're. You know that feeling, right? You right. know how that feels, and it's, it's, it's crazy, because it's very hard to get someone to, to trust and just say, just take the next three days and just really talk to yeah. yourself, talk to yourself, because it sounds kooky. It sounds, you know, it sounds. <laughs> You know, it sounds very California, you know, me being from New Jersey, <laughs> it's, you know, but, but I always say to people, no, but my feet are really, are really rooted, grounded in 
it has to make sense to me. It has to be scientific. It, it, it has, to, it, I can't float away. I have to be grounded right. in reality, right? Yeah. No, and no, one, no. I wanna, I'm going to say something about fear. Fear is forget everything and run or face everything and rise. You have the choice. The acronym is the same, right? F-E-A-R. Right. Face everything and rise or forget everything and run. You just, you have the choice. The choice is yours. Right. So, so good. So true. And I, you know, I, I always think, I, sometimes I think about, uh, in, ter in terms of my thinking, I'll, I'll think, what am I actually believing right now? Like not what I tell people or what I, you know, mm -hmm. what I, but what do I actually think? And mm -hmm. I, um, we were, my wife and I were sitting just out in the living room with with my two teenage boys the other day, and I was we, we were talking about athletics because they're hugely into sports. They play multiple sports, and they're and they're at the high school level where it's like you know, especially my uh, my sophomore son who's now you know playing varsity, and he's you know these are these football players and these basketball players. Now it's the best of the best. You know, it's no more, you know. Not casual anymore. Not casual. Yeah, now, now, now we're like, okay, these are grown men. Like these are <laughs> these are grown men, you know. And and I was telling him, you know, your your approach, and this is just, I don't, you know, this is kind of a scriptural idea, but but I was telling him, you know, in terms of your approach, you need to believe, you need to believe that you're the head and not the tail. You have what it takes. When you get in the batter's box. You own the pitcher. You own the pitcher. And guess what? If you strike out, you own him when you get in the batter's box the next time, you know, or if when you line up at defensive back against this receiver who, who's, you know, a D1 recruit, whatever it is, you're the head, not the tail. That's mm -hmm. what I said. That, and if you don't, and, and our basketball, you know, you, you, the next shot's going in. I don't care if you missed 16 in a row. Kobe Bryant didn't care if he missed 18 out of 19. The next one was going in. It was a mentality. It was a, that actually is amazing how it works itself out. Because you know what makes a belief true? That you believe it, period. That's all that makes a yeah. belief true. It's not a fact. It's not a figure. It's that you believe it. The end. And that's so good. So whether it's negative or positive, that's what people forget. I mean, that's why we are in the world we are in today, right? Right. What makes a belief true? You believe it. So let's take it for good. Let's take it for positive. Let's take it for change. So, right. I mean, this, this is something, I mean, I have two teenage daughters. We should, we should form a bond. Um, I have two <laughs> teenage daughters. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And this is, this is, I mean, they, they, they aren't, they aren't huge fans when I, when I preach this to them, but you know, this is, this is huge. This is, you're in control of your destiny in a way. So your teenagers don't think that you're great. I mean, <laughs> not exactly. I thought I was the only one. I remember I was right I the most, four years I, ago about something, but I don't think I've been right since. No, I have the stupidest ideas. It doesn't work yeah, that way, mom. No. Oh God, mom, please. You, this is not how it works. I was like, I, I think it, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we need a support group. I, and God forbid I take a picture of anything that they right. do or post it. Oh, right. my right. youngest. So I take pictures and I tell them I'm allowed to take pictures and I'm going to post it on the IG 
Oh. And it just scares them to death. Whether I'm going to or not, I just threaten them. Oh, my youngest has said, I'm going to report you on IG and have your account taken down. She said that. <laughs> They've never gone that far, but that's genius. She's actually. Mom, she's threatened. Mom, if yeah. you don't take the picture down, I'm reporting you to Instagram. I'm like. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Okay. I feel so much better now. I'm not the only one. That's great. Yeah, I know teenagers are just, a, it's just a terrible thing. I mean, they're not terrible. I mean, they're wonderful, but it's, it's. Are just, they? I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence. I, well, I think I that's, well, maybe myself. that's a good question. Maybe we're talking, we need to talk ourselves, talk to ourselves a different way here because, yeah. you know, it just doesn't, there's nothing about it that's good. And, and, and I, a couple of years ago, I had said that to my wife at one point. I said, look, you know, we're talking about something. I said, look, we're in hell. So I said, I wish I had a better thing news for you, but we're in hell and there's no way out but true. True. So we're just going 100 percent Yeah. Yeah. Church and then, you know, I, I don't know. there's only one way through hell. And it, it, don't when you're in hell, keep going. Right. So okay, we're gonna keep we're gonna stick with him. <laughs> there's no way out but through. Here's another thing that I've gotten in the hob in the habit of doing is I like throwing out the lingo. Um, and just to embarrass them. So I'll come out like, and I'll say, cause I learned this term recently. How do you like my drip? Do you know what that means? Yeah. Your outfit. Yeah. Your outfit. I was just going to say the other I'll one. I'll is... just say like, I came out one day and I said, I think there was some, maybe they had a friend there too, but I said something like, do you guys think, do you guys think I'm dripping? <laughs> Did they die? Did they just, oh, man, just it's horrifying it's just horrifying I, I wrote the new one the other one is a nice fit that means yes like outfit yes, yes. So, correct yeah. they i came out in the living room yesterday morning my boys were on the couch and they said look at dad pulling up i had no idea what they were talking about i He's found like, out later the they found out i found i came to found out later that it just meant that i walked into the room Nice. So now I, I have another term that I'm going to be using. Do you guys like it when I pull up? <laughs> I'm, Isn't this I'm great? I'm we can make a. Too. We should make like a YouTube like skit out of this. I think absolutely. Where we just do all the 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 hip lingo. Yeah, and I don't. I pronounce the G in dripping intentionally. I'm not saying dripping because I'm not trying to be cool. I'm going to pronounce the G dripping. correctly. You feel like I'm dripping. Yes. Going yes. all the way with it. Yeah. I love it. So anyway, I, teenagers, if you write a book about teen, parenting teenagers, please send it to me as ASAP FedEx overnight delivery. Well, my my business partner may, uh, got me a speaking gig last year and she said, so you're speaking to 200 teenage girls. I said, that's not my, that's not my, <laughs> that's not my brand at all. And she said, uh, I said, so tell them, no, thank you. And she said, oh, I already cashed a check. And I said, oh, <laughs> all right. And she said, and, and they're, they're, they're uh, eight to 18. I said, oh, my. I said, that is not me. What am I? I said, I have two of them that hate me. What, I, I, <laughs> what do I have to say? Right. I said, what am I going to say to them? That there's a 200 of them. I said, oh. So I said to my daughters, what would I say to these lovely you right yeah and my one said oh mom please don't do the thing you do like don't do that thing that that like condescending thing you do and i said 
oh oh okay that's a that's a that's a start that's a thank you and then the, uh, the younger one i said what would you want to hear me say and she said oh, well if you want our attention let us know you respect us and i go oh god please send the check back please send the check back i said i i can't <laughs> it actually worked out well but i was sweating the entire time yeah 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 no i i totally get it so i'm with uh, you i'm with you well, I think this is such a powerful book. And, and, and in this time, like I said, because of the the cultural, you know, thing. And, and I think they say, everybody says, you know, we say this about every generation. But but I think there's this whole thing, this whole, the social media stuff has, has got to be causing a difference, a change in the TikTok generation, whatever you want to call it, in terms of these messages that I, and so what, what you're saying here in terms of um, enoughness in, in this book, that's uh, such a great title. I think, I think the timing and the message here in terms of embracing the, who you actually are is really powerful. Thank you. Thank you. It, it was very interesting because when the, when I wrote the book, um, I was having trouble with the title and I had all sorts of different titles and um, I self-published the book and I worked with a book, uh, book shepherd and they were millennials and they said, you can't use enoughness. And I said, why? And they had all sorts of reasons. Um, and I said, yeah, no, I think, I think it's enoughness. I think it's enoughness. And they said, no, that sounds like they had all different. I won't even put in people's head what they said. Um, and I said, but it's enoughness because enoughness feels like a movement to me. Like it's a, it's a choice, right? And the book came out and then it was put on the Forbes list three months later. And then it was put in the Forbes list in the next year. And then we went into COVID. <laughs> so my whole thing about the trajectory of the book, it felt like to me that it still has a message because I feel like coming out of our time through COVID and that whole time period is that we all now are having a sense of, are we enough? What is like yeah. either, either from micro to macro, from our individual to our family, to our, to our towns, to our state, to our country, to us worldwide. Like, I feel like we're all having a questioning of what, do, where, where do we stand? And if we do stand and we do feel enough, then I think those of us that do feel enough and that are, feel blessed then say, okay, how do we help? How do we now bridge? How do we walk alongside of each other and make others and take our capacity and make it more? Yes. Oh, that's so, that's so good. And, and yeah, and the, I think that's, I mean, I, I, I believe it's true for, for young men and women, but what I said a few minutes ago about, my sons in terms of do I have what it takes do you know I think that's just a, a such an important question for for people of all ages but especially young people that do I actually believe that I have what it takes to survive and make it and but you know let alone the thrive syndrome. the imposter syndrome I think for I'm just going to speak to our teenage generation I think is incredibly strong right now um, and I know it's a it's a buzzword that sort of came up in the last five years, 
it's been around since the 70s, but I think it's become very popular in the past five years, the imposter syndrome. Um, and I and I think yeah. it's something our kids really, really struggle with. And I think it, you know, I think it's because of the internet. And I think it's because, you know, I, I would say to my kids, I said, you know, you get to know things in an instant. If if I say something or you want to learn how to make a recipe, I said, you would have to wait to go see your grandmother on the East Coast <laughs> right. to learn how to make that thing. I said, now you just have to Google it and you could make it tonight. I said, so right. there's like the power that you have all this knowledge, but at the same time, there's the power that you have all this knowledge. Right. So that's right. You know, I always say it's the gift in one hand and it causes trauma in the other. So as a wiser, just because we've been on the earth longer, not because we're smart, like it just be just wiser because we've lived longer. I think it's our, our job to bridge this like, you know, this is a lot. This is a lot. And I don't know how the reticulating activating system is dealing with all of this process. Right. right. Yeah. Right? Does it feel Seriously. so? I, I feel like I feel like the older generation has a, a job of maybe having a little more patience and tolerance and understanding that how the younger generation, the millennials, I know we make fun or we just have a, maybe a little lack of compassion, but they, they have a they have a lot more than we had um, in, in terms of dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. That, that we can't possibly understand. No, I read a physical newspaper and read the sports page. I went out to the driveway, like to find out how the Dodgers game finished up and like looked at the statistics on in my actual newspaper in my hands. Um, so that's kind of weird now, if you think about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they would literally not know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, the the what we've seen. I think you're exactly right. What they're dealing with, forget good or evil for a moment. Just the mere quantity, just the mere of the information. information. The the, the information. I mean, it's insane. And so you, how do you? make heads or tails out of this and the messaging that is coming at you a mile an hour a mile a minute a mile you know right in your face you're this you're that you need to be this 24 7 24 7 24 7 24 7 yeah so it's i i agree i don't think it's like it's fun i mean sometimes i mean i'll see a video about millennials and i'll laugh i have to confess but but the truth is that you know this is what they're growing up in this is not walking out to the driveway to pick up the paper like this is a different day and age and we and so with compassion to be able to help them with our wisdom to get to actual truth that's what i feel like i'm trying to tell my kids is and i'll say this sometimes i'll stop and i'll say i'm just telling you 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 can believe whatever you want you can believe whoever you want i'm telling you the truth i'm your dad i care so I'm telling you the truth. Like that's my try to, that's my attempt yeah. to try to break through. Like I'm yes. just telling you the truth. <laughs> like, and and then you can do it what you want. You don't. I mean, you know, do whatever you want. But I I'm not swaying your opinion. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Right. You know, I will tell you something because I grew up in a multi generational household. My children grew up in a multi generational household. So my parents live with us. And I will say something that during COVID, I remember turning to my dad and being like, "What is happening right now?" And he said, <laughs> he said, I, I don't know. He said, I've, th 
this has never happened in my lifetime. Like I, I, I can't give you an example of anything like this. And I feel like in that moment, I then believed everything he ever said to me in my life. Because ah. said, right. I, I don't know. I, he said, I don't have any example for you of like, I don't know. He, and he actually said, I'm a little frightened because I, I don't, I can't tell you how this is going to, I can't tell you what's going to happen next. And I thought, wow. So I think there is something about telling them the truth. I think yeah. there is something about saying, this is my truth. Do with it what you will. Yeah, right. Right. Now yeah, that's so good. Wow. We're already over time, but I, the book is Enoughness. They're going to put it on the screen. The book is Enoughness, The Simple Truths Embracing You. Allison Robertson, actress, speaker, consultant, coach, has been my guest. Allison, it's fun to meet you. It's really a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. And we thank you all for watching. We'll see you next time.